How are things uh, running on Windows? Uh, not super, actually, but don't worry about it. <laughs> I apologize, apologies, Justin. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry. You're probably sick of hearing from me, Rudy. No, actually, I, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm glad you keep uh, bringing stuff up. We haven't had anyone else complain mm. about yeah, Windows. Really Has no one else tried it on Windows? I'm surprised. I was gonna say I'm surprised that like all of the um, I'm surprised that we're using so much tooling that just like has no concern for Windows, right? That like MFS Copy and NEJS just mm -hmm. like are fully comfortable just saying like no, we don't care about Windows. Like that's that's how you template file names with EJS is you use the the angle brackets which just aren't supported by the file system, like that's and that's just how it works. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't be using it by choice, but I'm enterprise and so at home I, I do a lot of stuff on windows just to make sure i'm in the same environment you know same sandbox but yeah right i have I to use windows a lot for hardware development because like a lot of good hardware development software uh 3d modeling and pcb design isn't really available for max mm -hmm. yeah i i have a degree in electrical engineering but i never used oh it. nice <laughs> Hello. Are you double E? Yeah. Fran, are you an electrical engineer? Uh, not really. So like uh, I'm first year, that's sophomore, right? Uh, first year of university. Uh, and I'll go into computer science primarily, but I do a lot of hardware engineering on the side. So mo mostly electrical engineering. You're frozen. Okay, cool. My connection is in Thailand. <laughs> uh, hi, Robert. Hello. Are you there? Yeah, sorry. I'm uh, feasting on a burrito right now. Just finished working. <laughs> so I'm going to spare you guys the camera and uh, <laughs> you won't see me eating this burrito. All right, cool. Hi, uh, Dejin. Is that how you say your name? Yeah, it's Dejin. You can also call me DJ. Uh, I'm new. I just figured I'd cool. come listen in. Don't want to interrupt, awesome. though. Yeah. Yeah, we're just, just shooting the breeze right now, waiting for everybody to kind of join in. Um, I, think, I think we could probably go ahead and start now. So, number one, congratulations. I'm recording this, FYI. And I'll push anyone else to watch later if that's okay with everyone yeah 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 alpha release it went uh as good as i expected or um i mean starting to see people you know like chime in you've probably seen of like oh blitz is amazing or like it's super cool um, so I think, I think the time that we took to like do research and design is like starting to pay off because like people are like, like our, you know, I think, it, I think it's, it's work working. Um, so also I really appreciate, um, all of you stepping up and like helping with issues and PRs and like stuff because this is kind of getting out of control for me. <laughs> like <laughs> it's more than I can, one person can manage, um, so I, I want to start doing is like um, making official maintainers. So I think there's sort of two containers. Um, the first level is, is people who are like help triage issues. So make sure like bug reports, like have information that it needs um, and kind of like like then it's clear what's going on or ask for more information. Uh, if it's like a feature request, like there are certain types of features that are um, and so like issues that are, I can come in later and just like review it quickly and I can comment or I need, but, um, and then also pull requests reviews, like just a first pass or like a double set of eyes to 
to look at it, even if you don't totally understand what's going on. Um, and then the second level is like somebody who has more ownership over the code and can be more like actually merge PRs and can be more responsible for um, like making sure that something doesn't break. So like right now, since we don't have many tests, I, I've been manually um, checking out every PR and like manually testing it, making sure it works. Um, so, that, so that's some pretty important. So I, I'll definitely, um, and then like, we'll kind of have that official in the readme or somewhere like maintainers. I think I, I think of the maintainer role on GitHub that I'll give you. Um, so if you're interested in, in like either of those, let me know, like I don't think like you might could be good for like the CLI area or like the, the second level, just kind of have ownership over that and manage PRs if you want, um, but we can, we can talk more about it later. Rudy, do you have any thoughts on that? You're on mute. I think it's a great idea if we can somehow distribute uh, that workload because uh, um, just even just trying to stay on top of everything that's happening takes me like at least an hour every day <laughs> like just to go through all the, all the emails and just to, just to <laughs> exactly yeah yeah um, yeah i don't think it's going to get um, better one thing you might want to do um yeah yeah the only way it's going to get better is have more help so um i'm using i'm currently using the github um notifications beta it's like the new notifications ui um, I think anyone can access it and it's, yeah, it's yeah. pretty helpful for tracking um, stuff like so I don't get emails anymore because the emails they're just like it's too much um, so you might want to check that out really. It's a real shame that they didn't integrate it into the app so like in the app you only get notified when you're mentioned and you can't set it to like notify you whenever something happens. So on mobile, you pretty uh, much have to use emails because like the notification uh, I, site on mobile is not really that good. In the actual app? In the actual GitHub app, you can do that. So, okay. I have, I have the app and I can see all of the notifications. I don't know. I don't get push really? notifications. Like, I don't yeah, have I don't get push on, notifications. I can see all the, but like you can, oh. I, I can see all the notifications. Oh. That was probably, I, I'm still on the beta, so like that's probably a bug. Oh, uh, yeah, at some a, point. it's, it's released now, yeah. official release. I think they stopped updating the beta channel once it. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, that, that, that's probably what happened here. <laughs> yeah, I have, a, I, have a, I have a friend who works actually on that, on their mobile team, and I, I vaguely remember them talking about that, that they were just mm -hmm. going to fully cut off the beta channel. Okay, I'll cool. Thanks. So the next thing is, um, Automation, so we can automation. I want to set up as much automation as we can to help. Um, so I think, Fran, are you still wanting to work on, mm -hmm. on that? Yeah, uh, I uh, looked into that. Uh, there's like a library already built for that. Um, that seems to have pretty much everything we need. Furbot? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for the link. Uh, so just for everyone else, if the uh, automation we want to do is um, automating like labels versus yeah. um, the location on the GitHub project board. Yeah. And so like we have a triage thing um, and then we have like ready to assign, ready to review. Um, yeah. And so add some automation around it easier to, to track everything. Yeah. So I'm currently so like adding at, at, contributors, the all contributors thing right hmm. now. Yeah, we should also add that. That that wasn't in the issue, but yeah, that seems it's, like there's another issue for it. Oh, okay. Which it's yeah, it's kind of should be in the same issue probably, mm -hmm. but yeah. Uh, as of um, five minutes ago, I'm done with the end-to-end -end testing for the example app. Um, the PR is up. Uh, you guys can review it later. Um, so I'll start working on this tomorrow morning, which is like okay. three hours. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> no sleep. <laughs> you should get some more sleep. Yeah, I will after this. 
Okay. Um, anyone else have a comment on automation before we move forward? Um, I mean, automation is also a little bit about that review process as well in terms of, so I'm just wondering also like Fran, like that, that end to end stuff that you've done, is that um, for like within Blitz app, uh, Blitz apps themselves, or is this like yeah, when we it, have a PR, it's it, going to run It's only inside of a Blitz app. So like it's in the example store for now and uh, it will run during the... our ci so running our ci uh no because well, yeah, we can, because we, it, yeah we'll we're gonna that add that to the ci i first wanted to like check if this is the like we have all the tests required for the like example app and then we're gonna add it to the template and to the ci so we run it every time well now that... Now so that we're we can, on and once like once we get model generation working, we could like as part of our CI suite fully scaffold an app and then like run a CI suite to make sure that like end yeah. to end it's, it's working properly. That's yeah. it, like that we we yeah. need the actual model generation and migration to be more reliable, but then we should be able to do that. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. So it, currently, um, the example apps are in the Yarn workspace, and so any test in the actual example app we can run. During whenever you run yarn tests at the root of the project, it'll run the, the test. Yeah, the we, we can just add it. Yeah. And so that's what we'll send it in Cypress text. We just have to con uh, configure it with GitHub because, like, uh, it uses Cypress, uh, which right. downloads first like 300 megabytes Chrome uh, headless browser. So, like, we need to cache that and use another. There, there is a GitHub action workflow already built for that. But, uh, just like not to run it, just not do yeah. like normal yarn because it's going to take a really long time. Maybe caching dependencies, but we need to check. It, it, does anyone know, just while uh, everyone's here, does anyone know if it's, if, if it's possible to, um, to actually just like run CLI uh, commands uh, with within a Cypress test, or do you have to? Because uh, uh, I guess Cypress is running in the browser, isn't it? Uh, so we have to set up some sort of system to do that. There's yeah, a, there's so, an exec command. Yeah, it's called exec. Yeah, e exec. You can call. Okay. So we can do that before the whole suite to like clean the database and add some seeds. Yep. Um, for this, uh, I just uh, I, so. I'm gonna add two examples. So like one is gonna be uh, adding uh, manually new stuff. So like through the UI, you click and then you add stuff. So like testing the actual new feature and then using that same data uh, for the edit feature where you go and edit that uh, thing you made in the test, in the previous test. And then if one test fails, all of them fail. So yeah, we need to work on that uh, to add a, uh, but we first need to figure out how we're going to handle seeds in the whole app. Uh, Redwood is already doing this, um, which I, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It's just a, a node script that has like the database imported. Um, the... So are we going to handle it in one file or in multiple files? Uh, we should support one file, but also support um, okay. separating it out into multiple files. So like if we just import seed.js, or if we import from seed, or let's say db From seed, from seed. the index? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's what you're it saying. Yeah. File or yeah it could be a folder, and then an index would export the main seeder. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so while we're talking about tests, like that was another thing I wanted to talk about, um, is that tests are like, one of the most important things we really need to focus on right now, because the more tests we have in place, then the more we can spread out the maintainer stuff and merging mm -hmm. PRs without like less, with less manual verification. And, um, so I don't have too much to say on that, but if it's, if you want something to work on, that would be very, very valuable to work on. Yeah, it's on uh, my list this week to build some kind of a acceptance test framework for the uh, the CLI generators, uh, which is really the only part of it that doesn't have acceptance tests. And that's one of the biggest things that'll kind of let us move towards something more automated mm -hmm. because 
because it's using the workspace, that'll also test the latest uh, server and the latest Blitz core as well, because everything's using the same yeah. uh, the same local versions. And so uh, we, we had a contributor today, actually, who put up a PR about um, something to do with CLI generation that that added some acceptance tests. So I'm going to take a look at that, but that should hopefully yeah. give us a good starting point, and we should be able to kind of build something out that'll automate and test the, the whole pipeline end to end from the the CLI's perspective, which should be a good at least smoke test yes. that everything's working as expected. Yep, we should um, we should test the generated files, like do the uh, file system snapshot, like like we're doing in the server right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, so one other thing I'm going to be uh, kind of focusing on is trying to um, make the onboarding process for new contributors uh, very as easy as possible. Um, so I'm going to like be adding some documentation. Uh, I want to add like readme files throughout the app, like different folders, have a readme file that kind of explains what's happening at that level. Um, and then also like creating videos that people can can watch about like um like this is how this is working and um i probably won't create many of those videos myself i would i would like help with that but i think there's at least one person has already said like hey i can help with this oh. so I, i'm thinking i'll do like maybe a couple live uh, or a couple weekly live like contributor onboarding calls just to kind of walk through like the framework and how it works and stuff. Um, and then maybe somebody after that can like watch those and then take the kind of what I cover and turn it mm -hmm. into videos. So. And then also that's just a like, great idea. Yeah. Good. Um, onboarding new people is, is important to me. And then also, I'm being friendly for people who have never contributed to open source before, like making it easy for them to, you know, um, yeah, onboard it. Cause it's, you know, it's a lot of stuff for somebody who's never done it before. There's a Kent C. Dodds course that's good for like the basics, um, but we, there's a lot we can do too. So definitely try to um, be as helpful as possible. I'm happy to help explore like some documentation ways uh, to help with that. I've I have experience and support in writing documentation. So I'm like teaching people how to use uh, software. So yep, that's, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, okay. That's, that's all I, all on that. So the next thing I think is to talk about the website, unless anyone has wants to talk about stuff we were just talking about. Uh, um, Robert, you want to give us an update on the website and uh, sure. Um, so we met, um, I think it was like three or four of us a week or so ago um, to just kind of go over some initial work we could do on the site to get some gears turning. Uh, obviously, there's still a ton. Um, Christina's uh, going to start working on the design um for it soon um and so we kind of i mean on the call we kind of wanted to see if we could get something up and going for the alpha release but that uh didn't happen i mean i think we almost hit everything we had in the milestone i don't yeah. think everything's like merged it yet probably could have could have got it if we wanted to but i just i just didn't want to worry about it yeah for sure um, so I don't, I mean, I don't know when you might want to do like a beta release that might be like way down the line if we want to line something up with that as well, but it sounds so, like maybe just going with some initial documentation and a pretty bare bones, like landing page, uh, for the time being could work. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should just get something out there. Um, basically what we have now, I'm just a little more like polish and I can like whenever you think it's like somewhat ready I'll, I'll probably come in and like edit some of the copy and on the landing page and stuff um, yeah. uh, one other thing that I think needs to be improved from right now is the the design of the documentation like the um, like the text is like very long the lines are and so we need to like um, 
shorten the maximum line length and like just maybe add some more spacing or, or something there just to make it a little more uh, a readable. It doesn't have to like look like a designer made up. But, um, and then we can add a, a bar across the top, like a orange bar or something that says like, excuse the mess, uh, website design and build in progress or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brandon, I know we talked about, I also have some, um, some copy editing experience. So I'm happy to, to take on a bit of that editing load. Yeah. If you want to focus more, more on some of the code stuff, I can take that on. Uh, but I definitely agree. It's worth like, it's worth getting anything out there, even if it's not very polished and it's yeah. as alpha as the software is. Like it's, it's hard to use software that has no docs and that's kind of what we're asking people to do right now. So I can tell oh. you what, what we yeah. came up with as far as an initial, if, imagine in, in the so-called world where we did launch the site with the alpha release, the plan was to um, just have the blitz branding at the top, like as a hero section with some copy and then like two CTA buttons. Uh, I can't remember what, what they were uh, like get started and probably like learn more or something. Um, and then we thought maybe throwing either like your alpha video up on there, Brandon, or I don't know if we want to make something a little more polished before then. Um, and that was it. And then, and then just making sure we had some good initial documentation, which is, is happening. We're getting there, I think. Um, so that, that was kind of the plan. That was like the cut and dry and update the branding across the site and just clean up a couple of things. So, I mean, I don't think that would take more than a week uh, to, to get there. I think we're, we were, we were pretty close for Sunday, but there's a few things that didn't get discussed and decisions that need to get made um, as far as, um, I don't know. I'm sure you've seen it, Brandon, but you know, yeah. stuff like design uh, some, some like asset questions and kind of some architectural questions, which I think we kind of are close to ironing out. So I think it would be safe to say like in a week or two, we could have uh, a bare bones side up, make it easy for people yeah. to land on. That's Sounds great. Um, one thing that will need to happen like right before that is to update all of the documents from the latest in the repo. So like the user guide has changed from what's in the website repo. Um, so I think it's mainly just copy and paste at this point mostly. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. Okay, I'll add that as an issue. Um, but yeah, make sure that's like the last thing because we're going to keep updating those docs if needed in the web in the repo until the website is live. Yeah, I'll I'll tie it to like a milestone I think in ZenHub. Yeah. See if that works. And then we'll, um, and then we will. And by the way, we're we're moving away from ZenHub. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, there are milestones in GitHub, uh, so like you can do that. What was I going to say? Oh yeah, sure. Good. Um, Are we just going to use uh, GitHub projects or yeah. something else? Okay. Yes. Oh, the I made it at this point, like it doesn't have the generate the CLI generators and stuff. Um, so let's just drop that for now. Um, I think we'll, we will have a video there. Like someone soon, I have a friend that is working on like, creating some videos, I think, or will be soon. And when I can use one of those, um, or somebody can create one that's good at making videos. Maybe Kenzie Dud. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would love to have like an egghead instructor that's like already stuff with egghead can like just add a bunch of blitz videos to egghead. I was considering doing that because I am an egghead instructor, <laughs> actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say it yet. I didn't want to well, put myself well, on well. for it yet. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that, that would be incredible. Like if you want to. You want to do that? Like I, I hate making videos. So, 
Yeah, I think, uh, Fran, you're the one writing like the example app, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so I can definitely test, take sorry. that and break it down into videos eventually. And yeah, we could, uh, actually someone else is writing the voting app. Um, I saw that in some docs. I don't know who was doing that. Um, someone was writing a voting app. Uh, oh, a tutorial. Yeah, a tutorial. A, on our drafts repo, there's a tutorial. So that is, I think it's mostly done. I need to review it. Uh, but yeah, that could, I, I think that would be a better uh, example for the actual tutorial because like the store example is pretty much an example. So like with Blitz, you can do this, 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 and this, but that's not really a tutorial. The tutorial would be more of like to cover one of those paths. So like he, here we're covering everything, SSR, static, uh, client side. So like here we're just showing what we can do. And uh, that tutorial app is like pretty much, okay, so like let's first create a database, then let's create this, so on, play in the CLI, so on and so forth. Right. So like that would be a lot better option. So like much better option for the actual tutorial. Yeah, I can find that and dig yeah, into it but, a little bit. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so like, I think, I mean, there's, there's user like videos for people who are using Blitz and then there's videos for people who are contributing to Blitz and it would be nice to have like both. I don't know, unless Deghub isn't like really into yeah. Project specific contributing videos. I think um, I wonder if Brandon, you know, along with your, uh, you know, your your idea that kind of we're going to start to add more maintainers that own specific parts of the monorepo. I wonder if it's worth, um, you know, an owner of each, you know, subset, you know, each each sub package, doing some kind of screencast or something that's, uh, you know, a walkthrough of, you know, whether it's live coding or just a walkthrough of file structure. Um, of, you know, like, here's the architecture that we've built out for this package um, that we can link in the contributor guide of like, hey, if you're interested in, you know, contributing to the CLI, here's the architecture that Adam's built out for all the generators. Uh, and then we have like a yes. resource from the person who's built it. Yes, that exactly. Uh, uh, that's all I have on the website. Does anyone else have? Anything on the website? Okay, I'm good. I think we covered most of the stuff I needed to go over. Um, oh, I sorry. I did uh, just I'll think mention, of one thing. Sorry, yeah. Brandon. Um, uh, the translation stuff. Uh, I'll say I'm not super comfortable taking the lead on that because uh, it seems like React Docs came up with a pretty complex solution. I think you're right that it's probably the correct sol solution, um, but I have I personally have no idea about how to go about implementing it. So um, if someone whether on that, okay, I can help. Um, so I I could reach out to the translations. If we're gonna, okay. if we're not okay. gonna so what Robert Robert is talking about how we are doing the um, setting up with multiple rep repos. Sorry, I had internet connection. Yeah. Uh, so, so, you, so each translation will have its own repo, and then changes to the to the English repo will be copied by a bot over to all the other repos. And then the, the translators will translate that like in a PR or something and then merge it in and deploy it. Um, so I can reach out to the person who actually did the React.js docs, see if they're interested possibly, or at least some guidance or something. Cool, yeah. I was also but, thinking, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just thinking uh, it would be good, you know, we're talking about uh, docs and intro videos, but just to make something like that for how to contribute translations as well will be a, a good line item to make sure we try and right. complete. I'm, I'm super excited about this, these translations, by the way. Like, we already have so many people signed up and like, 
if we get like this is going to be like huge for blitz because like translations are you know it's going to reach so many more people and it seems like a lot of people want want to help in that area too which is which is great yeah but it's, yeah. a, it's like a pretty low friction contribution uh avenue to be able to you know not have to understand the structure of the monorepo but still be able to you know make some contributions with a basic technical understanding of how the product works. Yeah. Okay. Um, so authentication is my top focus now. I haven't been able to focus on it because I'm too busy maintaining the issues of PRs. So, uh, I need to get more more help there, and then I can focus more on like the, the more important stuff. Um, I think it's is mainly on my plate at this point. I need to post the RF, um, kind of update that session management uh, RFC that Rishab has created. Post that to the main repo, um, and then like write up my thoughts and plans on how how we're gonna do like username or password authentication. So I don't, I don't think there's too much to talk about that there, but that is one of my top priorities. Um, and so let's talk about the installers and then possibly plugins too. Um, so my so there's I see like two two things here. So um, I'll start with plugins. So plugins, um, the the biggest example we have right now is a plugin for Prisma. So, um, because we're database agnostic, um, right now, like we have Prisma integrated directly into our code. And so we should abstract this out into a plugin. And so the Prisma plugin would add the DB command to the CLI. Um, it would add, it would like hook in a generator somehow, the templates, because that, that's DB that's specific. Um, and let's see what else. Um, that's that's the two main things for. Oh, it, it hook in the lifecycle hooks too. So like let's start automatically um, uh, client generation, and so we need cycle hooks there that plugins can hook into. Also for testing. Um, so plugins are things that are like. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. In that case, uh, yeah. it would be a good idea to uh, abstract uh, a large portion of that uh, in seeds and in blitz controllers to like maybe figure out how we could abstract that to have one interface and not have a custom interface for each of them because like the Prisma templates. and Typeform, for example, are two completely different things and we can't really subtract them in the same thing. Also, like someone was yeah. mentioning Next uh, in, the, in the issue and that's a query builder which would work completely the opposite way. So like, yeah, th those three things can't really work well together without having a compatibility layer in between. And that seems like a lot of work for now. That I'm pretty we should. Oh, I was gonna say I'm pretty hesitant from the the CLI perspective, at least from uh, yeah. tackling at least at least in terms of the database tackling uh, plugins and installers right now. I think like we don't have enough of the database code in place to really know what abstractions or what hooks we need there. Uh, like we right, we don't have model generation in place. We have no concept of controllers yet. We have no concept of like application logic models. Right, we have like models in Prisma, but we don't have TypeScript models. Uh, I think like we need to flesh a lot more of that out before we can actually figure out yeah. what hooks we need to provide to plugins. So I feel like talking about plugins in the context of databases, at least, I think is like a bit too a bit too far down the road right now. I wonder if we talk about this more from like a philosophical perspective and less about like concrete examples. Because I think like I think databases specifically is something that we just we don't know enough about what we're gonna need from the, the database. The problem is that we need a abstraction layer. Uh, between that would be the same. So like we need the same interface for all of them and we don't really know how we're gonna handle that for now. So my idea is that we should stick with Prisma for now and then model our actual 
model uh, layer after something we build with Prisma and then other database uh, solutions, let's call them, could just hook into that. But for now, I think it's the best idea is to keep Prisma and just go with it. Even if they fuck yeah, up I, another beta. I agree. I, I agree uh, that plugins are like still a bit too early. Um, but like this is my kind of my, my vision for it. Um, and th there's, I think there's two ways we can approach the like abstraction. One is that we have a, we have like a database plugin that has like its own unique abstractions around everything. I think that's kind of what you're talking about, Fran. Or the other way is it's more like we don't really have a database abstract. Like it's more like the, uh, so in the path, um, there'll be a lot more duplication between like the Prisma plugin and the next plugin um, type of RM or something. Like it would be a lot more uh, like, so we, we, the templates, we could abstract something out to the, to the templates, like the queries and mutations to have like, to make it easy to build plugins, or we can just like push the, all of that to the plugin and say the plugin has to do it all. So that's something to think about later. Yeah, that, that seems like the only viable and like easy to implement option is to just have the plugin do everything. Because otherwise in the application code, it would be super easy. You just import something else. You don't import Prisma, you, you import something else. That, 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 that's just fine. But the problem is with the CLI and lifecycle hooks because we should actually, well, uh, in this case, we can't really abstract it to that level and have everything just work because we're gonna have to rework everything completely because like for example uh if we go with next uh we can't even have migrations because next doesn't support pre-built migrations right you need to write something so yourself. in that case the the they would own the whole db yeah uh, like command yeah we could maybe abstract that into two things uh so like to have migrations and the querying part separated so that we could use photon from prisma as like a default example and the prisma client as the querying part so we could separate prisma into two things and then mix and match with others but for example if we want to do sqlize or typeform they already have built-in migrations so we should use that and because mm -hmm. they can do a lot of introspecting and generating automatically generating a lot of migrations in this prisma so we should also take advantage of that and not to have build our own one thing we could do now um, would be to just create a, um, a, a Blitz.js uh, like Prisma package and just move all that stuff over there and then import it. And then we can sort of get an idea of what the shape might be of, of, of that sort of plugin. Yeah, I think that's a good start is like a, at least get an idea of the problem space. Um, in terms of like, I think code gen is like the least interesting part of this problem, um, right? Like I, I kind of outlined this uh, in the um, in the the issue for uh, ejection earlier today for, for being able to eject templates um, that like we can, right, right? It's like pretty trivial inside of the generation to be able to just like look for templates in an arbitrary place, especially now that we're using our own templating language, right? We're not based off of EJS anymore. Uh, that, that PR is open and is ready to be merged. We're not based off of any external, so we can define templates wherever we want. And so uh, like the code gen is the least interesting part because we can just let any plugin define its own template directory and we can mm -hmm. you know, come up with a way to register that template directory and we can just scan that directory for templates during code gen. Um, and so I think that's like, I, I think code gen's the, the less interesting part. I think the more interesting part is things like, uh, kind of like a uh, friend was alluding to of like the actual ORM piece and the actual like, how do we like run database migrations and things? And I think for the end, like the answer for that is like kind of where we started this is like, we just don't know yet. Um, I think, I think to an extent we might benefit here from being a little bit more opinionated. Like the, the more, the more flexible we are here and the more we say, just like you can plug in any database behind it, it is gonna, um, I think make, like, I think there's, I think that's kind of a zero sum game and the more flexible we are, the less powerful we enable blitz to be. 
because we're going to move a lot of the overhead of like the complexity that we'd be writing onto plugin authors, which I think is like, I think that might be too much overhead for people to actually write plugins. And so I think like, I don't know that we need to be opinionated like literally in terms of the library, but maybe like your thing has to support migrations and you have to supply a hook for migrations and your thing has to like, and, and at least being opinionated from that API perspective rather than just saying- We, like, we'll we can't, I think we shouldn't, we shouldn't be quite that opinionated on like you have to have migrations because no SQL doesn't have migrations. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe that's like, a, maybe that's too opinionated, but I think like being opinionated in some respects and saying like, we're going to put some guardrails in place for what your, what your plugin has to be able to do, I think is going to benefit us a lot. I, so ideally we can have like some, some like, uh, opinions and we have like really nice tooling. If you stick within these opinions, sure. you go outside that, then you're, it's going to require a lot more work, but you can still totally do it. And there's, if people really want that, like there's going to be people that put in the work to make that happen. So, Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's, and that's how like, you know, if we're taking inspiration from rails, that's how rails functions as well. Right. Like if you're going to use active record or some active record, like thing, like it, it, you know, just works and you, you can just kind of plug it in and go. And if, and if you want a custom database layer, like you can do it, it's, you're just going to have to put in a lot more effort to make. It. And like, there are, there are rails database frameworks that are not active record and do work. Yeah. It's just like a lot, it's a lot more overhead to get it set up. And like, if you want to go down that path, yeah. you're more than welcome. It seems to me like the like the, the the core thing that Blitz sort of contributes though is more of the RPC layer and 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 how the server and the client kind of talk to each other. So the the, the database side of things, in in my opinion, sort of seems to be a sort of secondary thing at the moment. I mean, maybe, maybe it's not always going to be like that, but it just sort of uh, so so yeah. Being able to it's sort mainly of code have generation your in there makes sense. Code generation and, and CLI is like the main thing for the database. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, I think that stuff's gonna be like pretty pretty easy to throw together. I don't think there's anything like incredibly novel that we have to do to get that working. So I think like, right, right if, we, if we're thinking like the core of database is just code gen and CLI hooks, like the, you know, the, the, the PR that I have up for, um, for the refactorings to, um, to the to to the generators like that will pretty much support that out of the box. So I don't I don't think we have to like do too much heavy lifting there. Right. Okay. So let's let's move on to installers. Uh, so installers are um, to me the installers are replacement for example apps. So like Next.js has hundreds probably of example apps um, and like anytime you want to use something, you're always going searching through the repo, finding the right example, copying, pasting the code, and then recopying, pasting the code because you forgot something the first time. Uh, and so I just want to turn that into a command. So they, they have a command that you copy in their examples. Um, but I want to take that a step further and have an install command that allows you to, to install whatever is specific to that example into your project. So you start a project, you're working on it for a week and you're like, oh, I need that thing. And so you just run let's install and bam, there, there you go. Um, and you might need to customize it. Like it's not gonna, especially if you've already written code in there, you might have some merge conflicts or something, but that's, that's fine. Like you're gonna have that even if you're copy and pasting. So um, it's, it's mainly like, like set up, uh, like, you know, so it's, it's not, uh, yeah, so that, that's my distinction between those two. Is that clear to everyone? Rudy, you had like, yeah. I know you had some questions on the differences. Uh, look, I, yeah, I, I think it's, it's maybe it's sort of just a, just a mute, mood opinion. I, I think uh, uh, my, my preference is like, I, I really like Next.js examples because I can look at them, I understand exactly what things are doing. With installers, it's a bit of a black box. You know, I might have these merge conflicts, but I don't really know what's what, what it's doing. Because uh, the other the other thing that's really good about the examples thing in Next is that, you know, they're all really really simple. They've been boiled down to their, you know, their their, 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 their you know the, the, the smallest amount of uh, uh, information you need to understand how to do a do a certain thing. And I just find it more flexible. I wonder if um, we during the install process can 
like because uh, i agree i think like that's one of my favorite things about next examples is that you get like a a very clear picture of like here's exactly what each line of code in this you know an installer does um if in, if installers are you know you know I, I think like you know blitz is obviously cli centric if we add cli hooks and it's like and, and like each installer is actually a wizard where like you get walked through the code bit by bit of like all right we're going to add this line you know for tailwind we're going to add this line to your you know layout.tsx file where we import the css file for your app like here's why we're doing that and you you know we can provide a schema where you you know you supply an array of transformations that each get documentation and then we can print out that, those docs to the console and say like hey we're adding this file for this purpose would you like to commit this change and then like we already have a conflict checker that handles all of that for us um you know we there, there's like very natural hook to, to kind of enable this whole process Rudy, you have something to say? I think that sounds awesome. That sounds really yeah. cool to me. Yeah, uh, it sounds like a lot of work. It, it does sound really amazing. Um, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, we, we need some Thanks. kind of schema to like point at like, I know, yeah, I, I, I can do some thinking on like what that, what that schema looks like. We need some schema to define. Uh, Those steps. You know, Right, right. Well, like here, here's here's the file to look for. Here's how to define where in your file the code goes. Here's how to, um, you know, handle conflicts if your line of code can't go where you want to put your line of code. But I think like, at least at least like from a technical perspective, it's definitely possible. It's just like what the API we give installer authors is. But I think it's like, yeah, I think from a from like a technical perspective, it's definitely. Okay. So this, uh, what we're talking about here is similar to how the um, the Prisma migration works, I think. It like yeah, shows you a diff of like, hey, here's, here's what's changing. Yeah, exactly. Sim other similar to Rails upgrade. Yep. When you run Rails yeah, upgrade, yeah, it guides awesome. you through the files. Yeah, all, all very similar. The, the new generator, um, like I said, like the, the new generator architecture, which kind of like centralizes a lot of the logic in the abstract class really enables a lot of this because it gives us natural hooks to put all of these things. We don't, we, like we didn't have any place to put these things before because each class was implementing its own code gen. Um, now that code gen is centralized, like we, we have a central place to do these transformations. And if we need to add like installer specific hooks, that's very easy to do now, which like it just wasn't an option before. Um, so I think like, yeah, I, I think this is like super feasible to do and kind of like walk the user through installing Tailwind rather than just like we dump some code into your, into your project. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Um, so I am speaking at React Europe conference remotely in three weeks or uh, two and a half weeks, I guess. And I would really like to have installers in at least the one for that for that demo so I can be like, see how easy this is? What's, um, the, what's the date on that? So uh, it is May uh, 14 and 15. And then okay. I, I might record my talk ahead of time. So like basically we have two weeks. Um, and this is probably more important than authentication. <laughs> because that this is has a more wow factor. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's uh at all like out of the out of the question to have it ready in two weeks. I can um no, I, think so on, I commented on a bunch of other CLI stuff today that I think is like also pretty high priority. I think like ejection and custom templates is gonna be crucial. I think we need to really sure up model generation. So I like if if I can kinda try and source contributors that are willing to, to look at that stuff. But then um, if we like re really model generation is I think the biggest thing we're missing, but if we can find someone else to uh, try and take a stab at, at cleaning up the model generation code that, that's in there, then I think um, I should be able to hop on the installer stuff and, and see what I can do there. That'd be great. Um, one other thing I was thinking, I, I think it's a good idea to have some standard schema where people that makes it easier to write plugins like this file needs to change, add this here, et cetera. Um, but we should also just make sure to have like a way to include a custom script where they can just do anything they want. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, we, we have like a post install hook already, again, like in, in this new architecture. So we can just expose that and just like, uh, hey, if our generator didn't do all the things you need, just like execute a script here and do whatever, do, do whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, that's exciting. Okay, that's, I think that covers everything I wanted to talk about. So floor is open for anything else. Uh, there was the extraction of the um, uh, of uh, moving stuff out of the CLI package. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, Adam, do you have anything to say about that? Uh, no, I think I think it's a reasonable idea. I think like the I think you're right that like the generator code is logically separate from the rest of the CLI, um, and I think like putting those in its own package will kind of let us divorce those two architectures a little bit. Um, and yeah, I, I like the, the core like new and generate command are both um, re really completely independent of the generator architecture itself. So I'm, I, I'd, I'd be happy to, to pull those out into a separate package um, and give us kind of a, a little bit more of logical separation there. Cause the, the CLI I imagine is only going to continue to grow. And so if we can kind of create some more space for her, CLI specific architecture and allowing those two to evolve separately. I think that's a, that's a net win for the repo. I think that's a little bit lower priority than like getting the actual installers to work. But if it, if like that helps to do that, then, then that's fine. I, yeah. I think we're going to need to split out some API boundaries anyway, because I think we're going to need um, I think like the yeah. biggest thing for installer is going to be like a blitz slash installer package that like exposes some, some TypeScript types and some, uh, basic API constructs for, for developers to import. And so, um, we'll, we'll kind of naturally need to be creating these API boundaries anyway. And so I think it'll kind of happen naturally as a part of the installer project. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. But yeah, and, and other than that, I, I didn't have any other thoughts on the on that, Rudy. I, th I think it makes perfect sense to kind of split out some of these packages. Like we 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 have the yarn the yarn workspace. We have the ability to to work in this like very disparate you know multi package setup, and I think there's no no real reason not to take advantage of that. Great. Uh, one one thing we're working on at the moment, the PR four is is moving out shared utilities. Um, I haven't got back. To, I, so I, I suggested that we move, have a, I got okay, a few things. I suggested we rename core to blitz client so that there's a client package and a server package for like the actual server client code to make sure there's that distinction there. And then I think we should have a server utils and a client utils package. And so we have that same distinction there. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think client is a little bit of a, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's got a few too many meanings. Um, and, and also server as well. I think maybe the server, uh, actual server package at the moment is maybe a little misnamed. I'm not sure. Like, I think that there, there's a whole, we should really look at all of the names at, at once maybe, and just get some sort of, um, sort of, uh, cohesion on that and just sort of get, get some more input on it. Cause I think it's, it, it can get confusing. Do you want to open an issue for that? Okay, sure. Yeah. Have a place to kind of discuss it, like. Yeah. Uh, Justin, do you have um, um, anything to talk about Windows stuff? Like, I'm not sure where the state of Windows is and like what is broken and what. Um, somebody logged an issue that? like nine hours ago, I think, um, that Blitz is crashing after following the initial build instructions. And I just confirmed that uh, while we were on this call and I'm kind of looking into it a little bit. I'm not sure what's going on. Is that yet, the one where it says can't find pages directory? Um, the error that the person reported says that it can't resolve child process in node modules Prisma client runtime, but that's not the error that I'm getting locally. I'm getting a totally different error, so um, not sure yet. 
but the the demo definitely does not work. Um, I, I, I was wondering, uh, maybe. Oh, go go ahead, Rudy. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering. I had the idea this morning. Maybe what we should do is we should run our unit tests um, on Windows as well as uh, Linux. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I have an open issue for that to set up Windows CI. And the tests currently, I know we've talked about needing more tests. Um, the tests currently do not catch whatever this is because the test passed just fine. So this is something else, but. Yeah, but yeah we definitely should do that. I imagine uh, friends and uh, end tests that run against the example project would catch it once we like. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is this something that we think actually lives in the Blitz code, or is this something we think we're going to have to talk to the uh, Prisma people about? Do we have any idea yet, Justin? Um, or I'm not next. sure. Not or sure. Next. Yeah. I think I, it, I had seen an error. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brandon. I was just going to say, I think it's bombing on the um, dynamic routing with the bracket ID bracket, but that works just fine in Next. So I don't know why it'd be any different here. Um, not sure yet. Still debugging. Yeah. The only problem. The uh, last time I tried on. Oh, go ahead, Brandon. The last time I tried on Windows, the, I had an error about um, next um, find pages directory was failing. But maybe that maybe that was a bug that's been fixed in, like in the latest Canary or something. And, um, um, but it, there might so we might have some um, resolution issues because how we're compiling our code into a different directory and then, but node module stays up at the, the main directory. Um, so it, that's something to, to be aware of is that this possibility for um, something on Windows, like how the res model resolution is working might, might fail. Oh, uh, yeah. Because so what? What I I had, what I observed was on Mac you can run. I I think it's I think you can run yarn next, and then pass in the path like dot blitz caches dev, like the path to the to the our compiled project, and it would run. But on Windows, that same same command would not run. So it was something inside next was not like. Who's working differently on Windows? But it's possible that's nobody's saying that they saw the same error, so maybe that's resolved. But Windows is the worst. Uh, another <laughs> another way I've been testing it is to pull that uh, like the, the the dev cache out into its own folder and just like run like run yarn in there and, and like load all the dependencies, run it as its own sort of separate kind of uh, project. Like that just sort of uh, is a good way to sort of just check if it's a next error or if it's a blitz error. That's something we should add to some docs sometime. For contributor docs. Okay, uh, any last things to talk about? One, one quick thought. Um, this is like a relatively early stage, but I think as like the, the framework continues to kind of be changing in these early days, um, we're gonna want to set up some kind of, uh, some kind of code mod process to be able to migrate between versions. Um, I think this is like, uh, you know, I, I think like we, we don't even yet know the full scope of changes that Migrator will need to make, but I think having um, you know, some way for us to invoke, uh, you know, JS code shift or recast and be able to, um, you know, go into TypeScript files and update their contents via the AST as opposed to just like string appending, I think is going to be become crucial. Like right now, the migrations we're making are pretty basic and we can probably just get away with like string concatenation and stuff. But I think that's going to become uh, l less and less true as we get farther into this. I don't think it's something we need to 
dig into right now, but I think it's something worth people kind of, you know, get, giving some thought to over the next couple of weeks. Uh, anyone else? Uh, I just want to say congrats to everyone here, and you, of course, Brandon, on the on the launch and everything. Uh, yeah, just you know, I know the community's buzzing, but uh, it's just really cool to have seen this from when I joined to where it is now. Like, I don't know. I think I think it deserves to be celebrated. So. Congrats, you guys. Even if yeah. even if today was the last day of Blitz, like I mean, this is this is cool. What what's been done? <laughs> yeah, really yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Let's let's wrap that up for today. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Last question is the time. Uh, for all of you, like if we do this every other week at this same day and time, is that good or should we find adjust it? Could we maybe move it up or down by a couple of hours? Because like uh, this is uh, 3.30 a.m. Uh, to 4.30 a.m. for me. So like two hours later or two hours earlier, be just fine. <laughs> if possible. If not, yeah, you're you're in the you're in the uh, uh, the um, what do you call it the um, I don't know you're you're in the sacrifice time zone I guess yeah the U S you in the U S is like because Rudy and I are in Australia right now or roughly Australia time zone so <laughs> um, the you U S folks what how's the time and date for you. Uh, th this time works fine for me. I could go, um, you know, I, I, I could go earlier up to like three or four hours and, and probably later up to about two hours in terms of start time. Um, so I, I'm, I'm relatively Any flexible. of those fit. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what complex that creates people's time zones though. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I can be flexible. Like if we move it up two hours and it works for me, then... It works for me. I don't know if it will or won't, but I can definitely try it. I'd, I'd rather choose the time it works for you, and not as good for Fran because the other time, the off week. Yeah, I, I can make him. it the other time. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, this this was good for me. I, I got off work and still had time to make some burritos. So <laughs> that's that's as successful as a timing as you can get for me. <laughs> Where are you at, Devin? Not turned on my mic. Uh, I'm right behind Disney World, so I'm in Orlando. Okay. Yeah, so this the, works perfect. This time good 930 is fine. Yeah. Okay. This works good for me. DJ? Hey. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in uh, Boston, so 930. Um, thanks for letting me listen in also, by the way. Yeah, you're welcome. Happy to help you get like started uh, contributing stuff if you want. Yeah, I was checking out the um, memory file system issue. Um, I just commented on that. I can try to work on that, but uh, obviously first time looking at the code, so I might need a little sure. <laughs> assistance in some some ways. But either reach yeah. out to Adam, Adam or Rudy are probably the best help for that. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. I I tried that today and I failed really hard. So, so the time before DJ. Great to hear. <laughs> Which issue was that? Uh, using an in-memory file system for the tests instead of writing to the uh, native file system. Don't worry. I've banged my head against Jest many hours before. I'll do it again. <laughs> okay. We'll see. Uh, ping, ping me if you want, and I'd be happy to help you with that too. All right, yeah, definitely, we'll do. Thanks. Yeah, me too. Justin, how's this time for you? Um, it kind of varies. I'm Mountain Time, so this worked out really well. Um, but whatever. 
Okay, what if we move it uh, or back or half an hour? So instead of like 9.30, it's 9. Yeah, or that'd be even forward better. Forward or whatever, yeah. earlier. Is that fine for you, Rudy? Yep, that's good for me. If it's It'd be harder if it's earlier than that, though, because I have like stand-ups and stuff for my other project. Okay. So let's, let's, I'll do that. I'll set up a, um, uh, we'll plan on doing this every other week at this time or at a half an hour earlier than, than this call. And I will send out a calendar invite to all of you. So it's on your calendar. Sweet. Sounds great.